Amen. I want to encourage you to turn your Bible this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's going to be the text that we study together, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me also take a moment to welcome you again to worship with us this morning. And also, I want to add to that welcome just uh, a couple of simple things. If you are a guest or a newcomer worshiping with us today, we would encourage you that you would fill out the guest registration form. You'll find these located throughout our sanctuary in the backs of the pews. And then this morning on your way out, if you would just drop that in our offering boxes, which are located in the foyer, it'll fit just in the slot. Or if you prefer, if you're joining us online, or even if you're here in the room and you prefer, we've made a digital way that you can do this that's sort of contactless. That's the word of the hour, right? But you can go to our website, fbcchickasha.org slash connect, and there you will find an online form that you can fill out. It's essentially a digital version of this card. They're, they're virtually the same thing. And so you can fill that out, give us your information, and when you submit that, it'll be emailed to us that we might be able to follow up with you, help connect you with what's happening in the life of our church, and, uh, and, and just help you find a place where you might plug in here in the life of first. Today is an important day, a big day for a number of reasons. One, because every time we gather together is important. Every time we gather together is special. But today is a day when we're celebrating some, some big steps, some big milestones as well. Tonight, following our time of worship that we will have together at six o'clock, which really is designed to be kind of a worship service and business meeting all in one, a time where we celebrate God's goodness, where we share stories, where we look at what he's doing in the life of our church, and also just worship together. And, and, and it's going to be a great time. We hope you'll come back for that at six. And immediately following that, we're going to have a time where we celebrate a milestone in the life and the ministry of both Brad Duncan and Doug Matlock, who this past spring finished Degrees. Brad finished his Master of Theological Studies from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Doug finished his Doctorate of Ministry from New Orleans Baptist Seminary. And so both of those guys have, have taken some big steps. That's actually been several years in the making as they've been working on uh, those degree paths, those programs, and they finished in the spring. We had originally planned to celebrate, but uh, we all know that there's a lot of things in 2020 that didn't quite go according to what we originally planned. And so we're going to celebrate them tonight. And in fact, I want to take even just a moment now this morning to invite both of these guys and their wives to the stage because I have a little something in the way of recognizing them that I want to share with them this morning. I, I realize that not everyone is going to be able to be here tonight. And so Doug and Courtney, Brad and Jamie, come join me up here if you would, please. So tonight, there's going to be, uh, in, in the reception that we have, there's going to be a table set up for each of these guys. And on that table, they're going to have their degree, their diploma, so that you can admire that and, and see it. And also, there's going to be, uh, be a place where you can, uh, you can leave a, a gift or a card or a note of encouragement if you choose to do that on those tables as well. We're going to have some great food provided by Crazy 8. Just a great time to celebrate. But I understand that not everybody may be able to make it back for that tonight. And so we had a gift for these guys that we ordered, again, all the way back. I literally 
placed the order for these Bibles in January because uh, we have gotten each of these guys a, a, a premium Bible. And when I say premium, if you could feel the leather, uh, actually, uh, Brad's is this this one. It is a goatskin uh, leather. It is a very soft leather. And then also Doug's is the you can probably see from here that it is the brown one. And it also is a premium calfskin, a marbled brown calfskin, which they're really nice to look at. And um, and but in addition to something for each of these guys, we also have a, a little something for their wives. We have a gift certificate to Chickasha's new hotspot. Lisa, forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, but Perfit, which is uh, a, a new local store that Lisa McPherson has opened. And so it's a, a gift to each of the ladies as well. And so I'd like to give that to them, recognizing their sacrifice and also a really bawling Bible for their husbands. Uh, you can quote me on it. Put that on Twitter, uh, right? That, uh, they're really nice. So let's celebrate together again. Let's recognize each of these guys and their accomplishment. And now, just to make it awkward, let's stare at them for a moment. <laughs> okay, you guys can go back to your seat. I had a professor in college who, uh, who would say he was, he was an associate professor, and he was in the final leg of finishing some PhD work in psychology. My undergraduate degree was in psychology. And so at that time, he only had completed his master degree, and he would tell us at the beginning of this I had him for a couple of classes, a, a psychometrics class and another class on experimental psych. And he would tell the, the class at the beginning that, you know, most people, when they get their doctorate, you refer to them as Dr. So-and-so. I only have my master, so you can call me master. That's what he would tell the class. So we have Master Duncan and Dr. Matlock that we get to celebrate. And another thing that will be displayed tonight, and I thought this was a, a, a neat move on their behalf, and so I wanted to just share it with you as well. New Orleans Seminary sent us as a church, their alumni association sent us a certificate of appreciation as well, because um, th this says, and I'll just read it to you, that with the full realization that higher education is attained by students through the love, devotion, encouragement, inspiration, the loyalty, and the sacrifices of family and friends, this is a certificate of appreciation to First Baptist Chickasha for our support of Dr. Matlock through his process. And so I, th I thought that was a neat move. I wanted to share that with you as well. All right. So, Congrats to both of those guys, and we do hope you'll be back tonight to celebrate them with us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I don't know if, if you always can remember where you have been at key moments in life. I, I, it seems like there are a lot of special moments that run together, right? The further they are in the rearview mirror, the more some of those moments tend to run together in life. But one moment that I will never forget, one moment that will be forever etched in my, in my brain, in, in my life, because of just its uniqueness, was July the 4th, 1999. I don't know if you remember where you were. Better yet, I don't even know if you were in, on July the 4th, 1999. But I will never forget where I celebrated July the 4th 
1999 because I celebrated it at the Malawi Embassy for the U.S. in in Malawi. I should say, I really kind of said that the opposite of the U.S. Embassy in Malawi. There, that's the way I should have said that. I was on a mission trip, a summer mission trip with a group of college students from around Oklahoma through our Baptist Collegiate Ministries. And we spent the month of June in Malawi doing evangelism and, and, and building churches and making disciples there. And then we were flying home on the 5th of July, and so on July the 4th, we actually got to go to the embassy. We received an invitation from the U.S. ambassador, and we celebrated with a bunch of other expatriates. We celebrated July the 4th, 1999, at the U.S. embassy in Malawi. It was a really neat and a, and a fun experience. And I learned something about the, the, the ambassadors that serve and our embassies that are located around the world that day. That's a rather simple point, I suppose, but one that just, I, I guess, had been lost on me. That actually that, that embassy is U.S. territory, U.S. soil, if you will, in the midst of another country. It is sovereign U.S. land that is recognized in the midst of another nation. And so as we stepped onto the grounds of the embassy that day, they said to us, welcome to a little piece of America, because we were on U.S. territory, even though we were, it seemed quite literally halfway across the world on that day. And in this particular text that we're going to look at this morning, Paul writes about the fact that we as Christians are ambassadors in this world. And here's what I hope you will understand about that as we read that in verse 20 in a a few minutes, is that what it means for us to be ambassadors is that we are little pieces of God's kingdom. We are representatives of his sovereign territory in this world. We know that this world and everything in it belongs to the Lord. He's the creator of this world. But we also know that there is an enemy. There are, there are real powers, real forces that, that have been allowed to have authority for this moment in time. By God's sovereign design, he has not yet chosen to deal finally with Satan and, and the, the forces of, of darkness in this world. They are still roaming about. They are still working in an active way. And, and yet in the midst of that, we as God's people shine as beacons of light into the darkness. We are representatives of his kingdom, ambassadors of the kingdom of God in the places where we are, in the places where he has put us in this community in your place of work, in your neighborhood, on your school campus, wherever you are, the Lord has placed you there strategically as his ambassador. And I hope that idea, that thought will resonate and and, and really in, in many ways will perhaps shape the way that you see and understand this passage of text that we're going to read together. So let's read together from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 16 and we're just going to finish chapter 5 together. He writes, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ... 
God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so Paul is telling us He's, he's writing this to the church in Corinth and the Corinthians, but we understand that through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this continues to speak to us. And he's telling us that we are Christ's ambassadors in this world. And so there are several things that I, I want to point out in this text as we, as we break it down and we study our way through it. But in order to help frame our, our, our study of this passage, let me point out to you first the word therefore, which shows up three different times in this particular text. In these verses that we read, we're going to see the word therefore three different times. Now, I've told you before that anytime we see the word therefore in, a, in, in the Bible, anytime we see that in the text, we ought to pause and ask ourselves the question, what's it there for? When you see the word therefore, ask yourself, what's it there for? Because the reason is this is a, a, a transitional word. It's a contextual word. It's a linking word that it's taking degrees of, of, of context and, and thought and piecing them together, or really, I should say, maybe helping to weave them together. And so in this particular case, in this particular instance, we, we need to look backward at what we studied the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, we saw that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith in Christ. We are, we're not walking blindly through this world. We may not see and understand everything that's, that lies in front of us. We may not know what lies around the corner or what tomorrow holds, but we know that God in his sovereign wisdom does. And so when we trust him, we're not walking blindly. We're walking by faith, even though it may not be by sight. Last week, we saw how the love of Christ, love for Christ forms us, how it changes us. It changes the way that we think. It changes the way we respond. It, it literally, it, it changes us. It's changing us from the inside out that we might no longer live for ourselves, but that we might live for him who died for us and gave himself for us. And in light of that truth, that we are walking by faith, no longer for ourselves, but now for Christ he says to us, we ought to consider ourselves ambassadors for his kingdom. God's agents, his representatives, that we have a mission, we have a job to do in this world. And so we see these therefore statements. Look in verse 16. He says, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, though we once regarded Christ even according to the flesh. What does that mean? That we regard no one according to the flesh, though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. Essentially, the, the, the simplest way I know to put that is that we, we're looking beyond just the external things. We're not just focused on the flesh. We don't look at other people by, by what they are outwardly or, or, or what they may appear to be. Instead, we try to see people with the eyes of God. And we understand that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. And so we want to see people with the eyes of God. We want to love people with the, the, the heart of the Lord. We want to literally, we want to, as Christ ambassadors, as his agents in this world, we want to love others like Jesus loves us. 
So we regard no one according to the flesh in the next verse in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Why is it that we don't regard anyone according to the flesh? Because in Christ, we're not who we once were. And we're not a finished product. None of us, this side of heaven, none of us is finished yet. We're not perfect. We're not completely holy. We're not completely righteous. But by Christ's love, we are transformed. We are something new. We are not who we once were. By God's grace, we are a work in progress. And, and, and really, truly, by his grace and through his love, we are being transformed in the image of Christ. And then thirdly, in verse 20, therefore, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. So just follow that progression of thought. Therefore, verse 16, we don't look at anybody by the flesh, by the outward appearance, because we understand that Jesus sees beyond the flesh. And instead, we see that they're a new creation. And because we see people as new creations and because we ourselves are new creations, we have a job to do. We want to love others with the love of Christ. We want to be his ambassadors. That's a simple outline. Those three therefores really give us the outline that we're going to follow this morning. And so I want us to see three things that happen in our lives as we walk by faith and not by sight. And the first one is this, that faith changes the way that we see others. Faith in Christ changes the way that we see others. No longer do we look at other people based on their outward appearance. And in the world that we live in, there are any number of ways that we do this, right? Think of the ways that we tend to, we categorize ourselves. We do it by everything from, uh, everything from the clothes that you have on to the color of skin to the place that you live to the the. Uh, you know, the, the team that's, whose logo is uh, embroidered across your, your shirt or whatever, right? I mean, we do this in so many ways that we, we tend to look at each other and we tend to look at others in general and we, we, we tribalize in a, in a sort of way. That we're looking for ways to categorize people or, or uh, compartmentalize people and see them in that way. And, and I, I believe the heart of what we're being instructed here is that in Jesus, we need to see that all of those things are surface and they don't matter ultimately. That all of those things, that what matters ultimately is that we recognize that as God's creation, as people who are made in the image of God, that we are all valuable and worthwhile and cherished and loved by God. And because we are loved by God and because Importantly, we see others as loved by God. We make it our mission. We make it our aim to win people with the love of God. Faith in Christ changes the way that we see others. And let me just put it as straightforwardly, as, as, as plainly as, as I can. If you don't love people in a way, and if you don't care for and have a burden for and a concern for others that goes beyond those surface things, then frankly, I would question the degree to which you're being transformed by the love of Christ. Because the love of Christ compels us, we saw last week. It, it leads us to no longer live the old way according to the old patterns, the old habits, the old flesh. We don't look at people by the outward appearance. Rather, we see them with new eyes through the eyes of Christ and his love, his love for us and his love for others. 
And that changes us. Now, do we do that perfectly? No, none of us do. None of us do that perfectly. But by God's grace and through his transforming power, we ought to be able to look at our lives and say, you know what? I see progress and I see the spirit at work in my life. That's the goal for us. It changes the way that we see others. Secondly, and this one is, this one is extremely important as well, that faith in Christ changes the way that we see ourselves. It changes the way that we see ourselves. Why is it that at times it's so much easier for us to be forgiving of others and so hard on ourselves? Well, part of that is because of it's a, a sinful mindset that we hold on to, that, that we live in defeat, we live in guilt, we live in shame, we allow the enemy and his work to, to work on us. Faith in Christ changes the way that we see ourselves. We understand that when we came to faith in Christ, he loved us just as we were. You don't have to get your life right and fix everything to come to Jesus. You come to him as you are, and then you allow the power of his Holy Spirit at work in you to transform you. By God's power and through his grace, he loves us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us just as we are as well. So he's changing us. He's working on us. He's transforming us. And, and, and someone in the room needs to hear me say this today, that, that it would be sin for you to hold on to and to carry things that God has forgiven. It would be sin for you to not find freedom in Jesus by holding on to past mistakes and failures. Now, that doesn't mean that we ought to dismiss the past as if it no longer matters. It doesn't mean that we ought to run from our responsibility or that we can sidestep all of the consequences of things that have happened in the past. But it is so important that we understand that there is freedom in the forgiveness of Christ. And when Jesus comes in our lives and he saves us and he transforms us into something new, we need to live in light of that forgiveness, in light of that sanctifying power of Jesus at work in us. And so it changes the way that we see others, but it, it ought to change the way that we see ourselves. That by God's grace, we are not who we once were. By his grace, we are on a new path. We're a new creation. And importantly, we have power through the work of the Holy Spirit to do things which would be unnatural and, and even perhaps seemingly impossible in and of our own power, our own doing. But in Jesus, and by the work of his Holy Spirit, there is power for us. In fact, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, he says that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead is at work in you. Think about that for a moment. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you if you are a believer in Jesus. There is power for us to live a transformed life through faith in Christ. Third, in this, we see that faith in Jesus, faith in Christ changes our outlook. Changes the way we see others changes the way that we see ourselves, ultimately changes our, our outlook. Meaning that it, 
It's, it's like a new set of lenses, a new way of seeing the world. A few years ago, when one of our daughters was younger, uh, we discovered that she needed glasses. And so we went to Dr. Denton and we did the vision exam and we got the glasses and we walk out of the office that day and she's got the glasses on. And the thing that she says is, oh, wow. I can see leaves on the trees. That was the thing that she said. I can see the leaves on the trees. What a simple thing, right? Uh, but but when, you, when you don't see it, you don't, you don't appreciate it. And yet what's happened for us is that through faith in Christ and his transforming work in our lives, no longer do we see others the way that we once did regarding them according to the flesh. No longer do we see ourselves the way that we once did. Now we are a new creation and we understand the transforming work of Christ in our lives. And that gives us a new outlook, a new way of seeing the world, a new way of seeing our purpose, that we are no longer here just to get through. We're no longer working for the weekend. We're no longer just trying to find those simple moments of pleasure. We have a purpose that drives us, that leads us, that we are ambassadors for Christ. And this isn't just true of a church staff or people that God calls into ministry. This is true for every one of us, that we are each and every one of us ambassadors for Christ. And so every day when you wake up and you get dressed and you head out the door into whatever the world is calling you to, whether that's to a vocation or education or, or to service or your community or whatever that is, understand that you are, you are by God's design an ambassador in that place. You are his missionary. It's easy for us to see this when we see people who've made that sacrifice to, to move across the world. And we think, okay, yeah, that, that's what being a missionary is. The, the Lord calls them to, to move to a place where, where the gospel is needed. And the Lord calls them to go and shine the light of the gospel in, in that dark place. But you understand that every place is a place that needs the light of the gospel. Every place is, is a place that needs the hope of Christ. And even in this world and even in this community and even in this place where we live and we dwell and, we, and, and, and our lives operate on, on the daily, the Lord has a plan for us. We are his missionaries. You understand, God is not sending someone else to reach Chickasha. It's our responsibility as the church it's our responsibility as the people of God in this community to win Chickasha for Christ, not someone else's. So it changes our outlook that we see ourselves as missionaries. We see ourselves as ambassadors for Christ. And what is our message? What is our, 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 our platform? What is it that we represent? It's Jesus himself he who knew no sin, who became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. In fact, verse 21, I feel like, is one of the best, simple, one-versed evangelism tools. There are a, a number of great ways, but if you're ever looking for a verse that you can use that really contains the gospel in a nutshell, the gospel in a verse, I would say, go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake... He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took your place on the cross. And by the power of his resurrection, he conquered sin and death so that you could be made right with the Father. That's the gospel. And that's, that's, our, that's our message. The message that fuels the mission is this. 
But by God's grace, I'm not who I once was. And by his power, he's transforming me. And through faith in Jesus, you too can be made new. You can be transformed. Understand this. Understand this. If you, if you trust in Jesus by faith, you are an ambassador. Hear me. It's not that you could be an ambassador. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer in Jesus, you are Christ's ambassador. The question is, are you going to be a good one? The question is not, does the Lord have a plan and a purpose for your life? The question is, are you going to follow that plan and that purpose? The question is not, do you have a mission to share that message of the gospel? The question is, will you live on mission to share that message, the gospel? So that through us, the gospel may resound and that others may see Jesus and know him because of our work as his ambassadors, as his missionaries. God is making his appeal through us. Are we, are we living to share the gospel with others around us? I'll close by just sharing simply one of the true burdens of my heart in all of this pandemic that we've been living in the last several months. One of the true burdens of my heart is that the need for the gospel is greater than ever. And yet, in many ways, it feels like our ability to, to reach people with the gospel is as difficult as it's ever been because of circumstances, because of just the very fact that we've, we've been living in various degrees of isolation from one another, that, that we've been living in such a way that, that we're trying to keep distance and that very distance itself, it seems like, becomes a, a hindrance to the, the, the message of the gospel. This is what I know to be true, though, is that the gospel is, is more powerful than any of that. And the gospel is fluid. The gospel is just as relevant in the midst of what we've been living through. In fact, it's still the answer for the longing of the world today, just as it was back in January of this year when none of this was on our radar. It's just as relevant, just as true. And although the way that we share and how we are shining the light of Christ and how we are reaching people with the gospel must, by necessity, mold and adapt to our moment. The message of the gospel is not hindered. In fact, people need it as much as they've ever needed it. And so it's up to us to work all the more diligently. It's up to us to pray all the more fervently. It's up to us to seek to live out the love of Christ in a way that is real and visible and tangible so that a, a lost world might see the hope of Jesus in us, alive in us. And it's been my burden. I've prayed for us as a church. I've prayed for myself. I've prayed for my family. I've prayed for you that the gospel would shine through us into the darkness and that we would see lives transformed. And even today, I've prayed that if anyone is here, if anyone is hearing this message, hearing my voice, and God is stirring your heart, that today would be the day that you would surrender your life to Jesus. Today would be the day that you would call on him as Lord and Savior. You would trust him for the forgiveness of your sins. You would be transformed, and you would become his ambassador in this world. 
In a moment, we're going to move into a time of response, a time of invitation. And even in that time of invitation today, we would encourage you, if the Lord is laying it on your heart, if he's moving in your life to, to lead you to, to respond by faith and to trust in Christ, then today that you, would, that you would come and that you would surrender your life to Jesus. Our staff will be here at the front. We would love to pray with you. We would love to encourage you to take those next steps of faith. We would love to help direct you and give you counsel about how you can trust Christ and then what it means to walk by faith from here. And if the Lord is moving in your life that way, I want to I implore you as he uses that word here, right? That word could also be translated to say, beg, we beg you, be reconciled to God. I would encourage you that you would surrender your life to Jesus today. And that you would allow the love of Christ, faith in Christ, to change the way that you see others, to change the way that you see yourself, to change your outlook in this world. Would you pray with me? Lord, even now we pray for your movement in our midst, that you would be stirring in our hearts. I pray that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, that they would make this the day of their surrender, this the day that they call on you as Savior and Lord. Even now, Holy Spirit, would you be working in their heart? Be working in all of our hearts, we pray, that you would change the way that we see others, no longer regarding others according to the flesh the way that we once did, but now seeing people with your eyes. Help us to change the way that we see ourselves in that we are not who we once were. We, by your grace, we're being transformed into something new. And by faith in you, we've been given a mission. And so may we live daily for that mission and that purpose in this world. Spirit, move in us, we pray. Lead us to devote all that we have to you as we walk by faith and not by sight. And it's in your name that we ask this. Amen.